First off, if there's anything that pops in your head, this is very casual. Feel free to raise your hand. We can, we can stop and take a question or two. Uh, I'm Wendy. I do communications coordinating for St. Mark Ministries up in Green Bay and De Pere, Wisconsin. So that is three campuses. That is our De Pere campus, our Green Bay campus with our school, and our online campus. And yes, we do consider our third campus online. So um, my background is I worked in TV and radio from 2003 to 2012. Hey, welcome. I, I'm just doing my intro and just introduced myself. Um, so yeah, I worked in radio news, did live shot morning reporting uh, for TV, did and producing live morning anchor, live noon anchor and producer. So when you produce, you write the show and then you, then you get to do the news anchoring fun stuff in front of the TV. But yeah, so I actually work with, Lee Hitter was my news director who now works for Senate Communications. So shout out to him for giving me this opportunity today. Uh, when I'm not at work part-time, I am either home with our three girls or cheer coaching and my partner in crime with my husband, Kurt, up in Green Bay. So that's a little bit about me. I grew up in the Wells. I grew up in Menominee Falls, so attended Bethlehem K through eight, Catamaran Lutheran, and then went public for college. Hey, come on in. You get a front row seat. <laughs> or maybe back row. I see some open. I'm just in. We sat by each other at lunch, so he already knows me. Come on in. Right? Oh, I know. Hey, I almost took the stairs yesterday when I could not figure out these elevators. So I hear you, James. I hear you. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Uh, started in this job three years ago, a week before COVID. So that was really fun to have a brand new, brand new position that was basically, they had someone doing some communications and graphic design, but basically my position was being recreated, redefined. And hey, how about you shut down church? So that was quite interesting to navigate for all of us in this room, right? Okay, enough about me. Let's delve in. So I know we have lots of different people in various roles, whether you are leading a volunteer ministry, if you're on the church elders board, if you are teaching or preaching in the pulpit. The cool thing about communications is we actually are all on the same page. I have the same goal as any pastor in this room to reach more people for God's kingdom, right? I do want to support your goal because mine is the same. So let me help you out. You are effective on Sundays. Let me help reach more people the other six days. And your volunteers, it, it, it doesn't need to just be, I know I overwhelmed some pastors in the first, first section going, I can't take on more. I, I know, I see it firsthand with our staff ministers and pastors. So we need to recruit or we need to think differently about how you're utilizing your time. So we're gonna give you some strategies. Okay, five rules of good communication. Number one, you have heard this before. Who, what, when, where, why, how. Okay, it's just a refresher on how important this is. It sounds simple, stupid, but if you think about how we're currently communicating with our you know, front of church announcements, if you take a hard, fast look at your websites, I'm guilty of it too, nobody's perfect. We have to make sure we're communicating all of these things, not just some, because they all matter. 
okay? Number two, know your audience. This isn't something we always think about, but it's really important. External versus internal communication. External, trying to reach out to the neighborhood around me, trying to reach out to the press with a press release, trying to reach out to the unbelievers or the de-churched, unchurched. Internal communication, there's actually two different facets to this. So I work on a church staff, so there's internal church office communications or school office communications. And then there's internal congregational communications, your partners, your members. We gotta be thinking about our audience. Just last weekend, we have a bunch of teachers that have calls right now. And uh, I made sure when our pastors did their front of church announcements, that I, I said, don't just talk about Mrs. Zanucker's call, explain what a call is. Because every Sunday, we're hoping there are guests in those pews, and not, they didn't all grow up wells. Okay, don't make them feel stupid. Just simply say, one of our teachers has a call. For those of you that aren't familiar with the call system, it's a job opportunity, and because they work in a Christian environment, you know, they, they ask for prayers on this, and they, they ask for the Holy Spirit to give guidance. Explain it, dumb it down, so that you're making everybody feel included. All right. Rule number three, repeat it seven times. Boring, right? I promise we can make this creative. So here is a breakdown of how this communication really gets processed for people. The first time you communicate an event, a Bible study, whatever you're communicating, the person just becomes aware, okay? The second time this communication is presented in front of them, they're thinking critically about it. The third time, they're gaining ability to act on it. Fourth, they're internalizing. They're finally internalizing the info the fourth time they hear about it. Fifth through seventh time is when they're finally using that internalized info and putting it into action and behavior. So how does this look? I'll tell you how it doesn't look, or it shouldn't look. Copy-paste in my bulletin for seven Sundays straight. I know that's how we've been doing it. Not everybody, right? Because that's easy. But again, I, can, I really want to challenge you that anything I'm presenting today is just trying to change the, the mindset. It's not going to take a ton of time. I don't have a lot of time either. So how do we do this? How do we communicate the same event seven different times? You put it in your e-newsletter or your bulletin the first week, okay? Second time you communicate the same thing, put it up on your website. Front of church announcement, bathroom blurb. Yes, we literally created something called the bathroom blurb, eight and a half by 11, tacked onto every single bathroom stall, every single one. Yeah. Oh, number four. I mean, this is just an example. Okay. Other ways to, to get it out there. A flyer or a postcard. Have your ushers hand out a little half sheet postcard. Outdoor church sign. Your school's newsletter. What if it's a faith and family night? You have a captive audience with all of your school families. Email the school secretary and ask her to put it to cross promote. 
It doesn't just have to be in your church e-newsletter. Do you have Atrium TVs you could put a slide up? Promo video, social media post, Facebook ad, that's 11 different opportunities. And do you have to do them all? Absolutely not. I'm just trying to give you the idea that it doesn't have to be boring, copy and paste, so that people tune it out. Rule number four, get to the point. Communicate thoroughly, but get to the point. I gotta read this to you. So I just found this on Google. I did not find it on any of your websites. <laughs> St. Anne's Kitchen is such a beautiful facility that people are so appreciative when St. Florence volunteers serve lunch. We realize not everyone is available on Thursdays to serve lunch, so here's another opportunity to help. St. Anne's Kitchen needs to have their dining room, white plastic tables and chairs pressure washed. We need a pressure washer, six volunteers and rags. Date and time determined to volunteer contact. This will take approximately two hours. Thanks in advance, Ronnie Hill. I am exhausted just reading that when really all they're trying to communicate is we need some volunteers to pressure wash. Okay, so I rewrote it. Do you know anyone? Or do you know how to work a pressure washer? St. Anne's Kitchen needs your help. Six volunteers needed, call here for more details. Or visit stmarkministries.com for more details. We're gonna get into website and how important it is to keep that updated because that's how you can keep your announcements succinct and your, your little bullets and blurbs and your little e-newsletter blurbs, right? Okay, how many are doing any type of promo videos, even if it's just like a Facebook Live? Anybody in here? Okay, a couple of you? Okay. Just a few notes on that. Your sweet spot, this is newsroom coming out. Your sweet spot, time limit, 30 seconds to 1.30. That's it. I know that is so challenging because for the, the preachers in the room, you're used to 20 minute, right? At least, I think that's about average, 20 minute sermon. Okay. That's where you might need to hand off a script to somebody that is not the pastor to say, I'm going to cut this, I'm going to pare this down for you. I'm going to stick with the who, what, when, where, why, and how. And all the further details we're going to cross-promote to say, for further details, visit our website. For further details, call the church office. Okay? At St. Mark, I do review all scripts, and I try to review any mailers that go out as well. We just recently had one that they're doing like a marriage research project, and it ended up being like front and back page, single-spaced. And I got feedback, and I did not see this. I didn't know that it was going out. So again, we are not perfect. Uh, and we got feedback that some, somebody that was asked to be, take part in this tuned it out. They're like, it, I, just, I threw it out. You gotta make it easy on people. You gotta make it easy. Or, or all of our work is for naught. Again, we as your communications, whoever is handling that, it could be your, your secretary, it could be a lay leader. We want to support you. Okay. Get to the point clearly. This just came in this week to my email, so I had to add it. Again, wonderful lay leader is helping run our school book fair. But I got the, on the left-hand box is what came into my email. 
And I was like instantly overwhelmed. I was trying to finish this and you know, I'm going, oh my word, that's a lot of dates and every single day has a different time. This is a communications nightmare. How is anyone gonna keep this straight? So I took a breather, opened up a physical calendar and thought, what are they at? Why do they choose all these random times and these random dates? Well, you look at the calendar, on the right is what they're actually trying to say to their audience. They're trying to say, hey, school parents, we're gonna catch you at school pickup. Hey, church families, grandparents of kids who would maybe be interested in those books, we're gonna catch you in between services. You see how visually and mentally that is easier to digest when you take a second and think about how you are communicating to your audience? A broadcasting tip for you, any communication that goes out, whether it's printed or video, I say it out loud to myself. It helps your writing be conversational and easy to understand. I am amazed at how intelligent our pastors are. They're like reading books upon books every week just for sermon prep. So there's a fun Facebook post. People don't even realize, that's amazing to me. But when it comes to communication, you have such a broad audience with such a vast educational background, you need to keep it simple, stupid. This is not a competition for vocabulary. It's not. The more clear and concise you can be, the more people that will probably be attending your church events or your Bible studies. Rule number five, don't under-communicate. Okay, I'm not contradicting myself because clearly communicating does also include don't under-communicate. So here's an example. If we have our pastor announce at the front of church, church cleanup day, Sunday, January 22nd, we left out some really important details, didn't we? Did you remind your pastor to direct people to the website for more details? Because there's a lot of details missing in that one sentence. Did you, as the support staff working on communications, remember to actually get that content on the website so you could have the pastor push people there? Right? It's not all on the pastor. If you didn't have time, it happens. If you didn't have time to get it on the website, we need to share the time. We need to share how many people are needed. We need to share whether or not you're expected to bring your own cleaning supplies. Are children welcome? Are you gonna offer free babysitting? Are you offering food? There's a lot that you need to think about so that people feel informed. So moving beyond the status quo. So at the top, I think our the ways that we are, most of us are communicating these days, pastor announcements, Sunday bulletin and newsletter. But let's talk about consistency and the proposed timeline I would suggest works best for clear communications, okay? So how many of you have an e-newsletter? Nice, good work. They are a lot of work, aren't they? Yeah. Do they go out weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, whenever you... Monthly. monthly? Good. I like to hear that rhythm. Again, wherever you're at, I just challenge you to just take one step forward at a time. 
I'm sure there's plenty of you who have a newsletter, but you don't necessarily have a rhythm with it. People like rhythms and schedules and consistency. Facebook likes rhythms, and we'll get into that a little bit. So MailChimp gives these stats about uh, weekly e-newsletters. This is specific stats for churches. So an average open rate for church e-newsletters, 27.62%. I work with a social media manager who has her own LLC. She kindly, she's a partner at St. Mark's, so she kindly gives of her time as a, as a volunteer. Emily with Emily Wrights LLC says a good read rate is 35 to 40%. So check out, now the, how I know what our read rate is is because we subscribe to something called Constant Contact. A lot of you might know that, or MailChimp, our school uses MailChimp, I love both of them. These are not crazy expensive. We're talking, I think, like $35 a month. It's even cheaper if you pay for the whole year. These give you access to really crucial info about open rates, so who's actually opening your email, click rates, who's clicking on your links and your videos. You can see who's not, you can see who's unsubscribing. There's really good information in these e-newsletters and these programs. Luckily, the average unsubscribe is 0.15%. So yay for that for churches. If you, we have some tips in our free resources for good subject lines, catchy subject lines. I'll tell you, we are not perfect. I just found a typo in my last e-newsletter and it just made me cringe. So I'm real too, I make mistakes too. But I will tell you, our regular read rate currently is 60 to 70%. And that's because I listen to people like an Emily writes that work in this realm outside of church world every day and give me tips and insights. So it, it is doable and that's, that's reaching I think like 1100 email inboxes. So it's, it's definitely worthwhile pursuing. Don't overstuff your e-newsletters or your bulletins. Uh, research shows three to four topics tops. Three, to, that is tough, I know, I know. But again, think about people's attention spans. They are nearly non-existent. And again, why waste your time putting 10 items in there if they are not gonna go beyond the first three? Sometimes we get to like four or five topics. I don't love it. Three to four, it's your sweet spot. But again, we gotta plan this out so that we can better prioritize. Another cool thing with these email systems is that you can import specific lists. So whatever church management system you're using, we use Planning Center, you can filter people based on age groups, do we have kids, you know, married, divorced, like all these different filters. You can get a targeted list and download it into your email system, such as Constant Contact, and you can then target your audience. So, just to show you, like we had a marriage retreat registration open email go out. That didn't go out to widows in our congregation. I mean, that would be annoying, right? And hurtful. That went out to people that previously attended a marriage retreat of ours. Okay, know your audience. Consistency. Oh, I went the wrong way. Are you updating your website several times a week? 
it's important. A lot of people are not comfortable going inside your physical front door. You own your website. You do not own anything that you put on Facebook. Zuckerberg does. And he can pull it at any time. We've had many a Facebook ads pulled down because they were too political, too religious. It happens. You own your website. Use it. Leverage it. Church logos. So we work with a graphic designer who he is a partner at St. Mark. Again, we're just finding people that you can utilize. We do pay him a monthly freelancer rate because we are able, but I have plenty of volunteers also that you know, run our social media. So he helped us get our logos look more consistent across the board. Similar, same font, different colors. I'm learning graphic design world. Purple is apparently very attractive to women. See, I don't know it all either, but I'm learning from him. And social media posting. Be consistent with the times of day that you're posting. Some good tips, 6 a.m., noon, and 7 to 8 p.m. Those are effective times of day to get your social media posts seen. Okay, here's where I usually get the eye rolls, publicity timeline. Because it involves planning. Yeah, I know, right? It's hard. This has taken three years of me being on staff, harping. I need to know sooner. I need. But here's the grace, okay? So we have, let's say we have kids camp coming up in July. I'm not asking three months out to know every game you're playing, every finite detail. I just need your dates and times. I, three months out, I need save the date kind of info. Okay, I am trying to work with you. So don't freak out that I'm expecting everything to be nailed down. But if you're trying to reach your greater community, an ideal campaign would, be, would involve, this is an ideal, Facebook ads, a possible media press release. We've had live shots at the, at the church before, free publicity. Website, Facebook blasts into the groups. I mean, that all takes time. And you don't want to bombard your audience, so you need to space it out. Or we just add to the noise. You got to not feed into the noise and be strategic. So this is just my suggestion. General church events, six to eight weeks out. It's ideal. Doesn't always happen. But I'll tell you, my church staff has gotten pretty good. I don't think we get beyond like four to five weeks out. Or they know my response is going to be, good luck with that. I love you, but I can't do very much for you at this point. My, or at least my amount of ways that I can reach people has to be minimized. I'm part-time. So here is a suggestion for ways to get it out there. It's similar with the seven times. Get it on the website under your events tab, okay? One week, put it in the e-newsletter. You already have the written blurb, right? You just have to finesse it a little bit. It doesn't take that long to copy and paste it and, get, and come up with a creative subject line or a, a title. Maybe put it in the service slides or your atrium TV. 
Third week, you could announce it at the front of church. Fourth week, put it on that bathroom blurb. Fifth week, put it back in the e-newsletter. Remind people. Because when it comes to communications, everybody has their favorite form. Some people unsubscribe from my e-newsletter. Some unsubscribe from my text messages. Some prefer Instagram. Some prefer Facebook. Some prefer no social media. Some prefer a physical bulletin. So unfortunate for us, unfortunately, fortunately, there's a lot of ways to reach people, but you have to diversify or you're not going to reach as broad of an audience. But I also put this goal up here because how many in this room have heard, well, oh, I didn't hear about that, right? That really overwhelmed me when I first took on this position. Yes, it's infuriating. It's insulting if you let it get to you. Luckily, in a newsroom, you have to have a very strong backbone. <laughs> so you got to let things roll off. But, you know, you just feel like you're not doing your job. But then, grace, right? For yourself, for the person who maybe hasn't been in church the past month or two or three. Maybe for the person that just really doesn't understand social media and it's just not their thing. So don't ever put the pressure on yourself to reach 100% of your audience. When I say 75%, I mean 75% of your targeted population. And that's probably even high. Start with a 60% goal. I'm talking, if I'm talking about kids camp, I'm hoping to reach 60 to 75% of my young parents with young kids. Not even the whole congregation. It's just too, it's too high of a bar to set. And you gotta be happy with the people you can reach. But let's be smarter about how we're trying to reach them. Meet them where they're at. Okay, targeted communication. Be intentional. So who really needs to hear this message? I give the example of we are trying to build up our men's ministry. Do I really need to have the pastor announce like a clay shooting event that our, our men's ministry is having? Do I need to have him announce that at the front of church? Yeah, I see a big head nod. No, I, I concur. You know where he, that would be a great place to make that announcement? Because pastors' church announcements are super effective. The number one. We just did a congregational survey this year. Now, that's just for my church. But I would probably allude to the fact that it's probably the same for yours. Number one way people are reached, they said pastor announcements. But let's rethink this. Men's clay shooting event. We have a Breakfast with Dads event. Wouldn't that be a target audience to plug in that announcement for? Men are not on Facebook as much as women. We can do a Facebook post, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put it in my St. Mark Women's Ministry Facebook group and say, hey, ladies, share this with your husband. Okay? Think differently. We just had a Breakfast with Dads, and one of our pastors is going to be speaking at Men of His Word. So, get your men of his word slide up there. You have your captive audience right there. Let's think proactively about where we're trying to reach people. So, distribution list, I've kind of already talked about that. It's, it's work. It's work for your office support staff to get you those lists, to, get, to filter it down. But once you have them imported, they are at your disposal for that entire year until you ask people for, you know, to update their contact info again. It's worth the work up front. Private Facebook groups, I kind of alluded to that. 
we, we utilize them a lot. We use them for our uh, St. Mark moms, our school moms. We have our own Facebook group. Our, we call our confirmation class family catechism. For all the catechism families, they have their own private Facebook group. And they do outreach events together. They do community service so they can you know, share pictures of what they did and talk about, you know, hey, how's this track? It's, it's parent and staff minister led at our, at our church. So just Facebook groups do not take long to create. It's another way to build community. I'm not ever going to stand up here and, you know, say that online everything is the only way. Of course not. I'm, I'm in the pew every Sunday. I love in-person worship. I sing in praise band. So, but the, this is another way to reach people other than Sunday. Social media timing we already covered. Be consistent with the timing. You got to work those Facebook algorithms. Oh my. And they are constantly changing. Okay, let's talk website. How many of you are in charge of your website? How many of you knew anything about your website before you took this job? Right? Right? Yes. It's a struggle, but I just want to encourage you at how important it really is. So a big question for you, is it visitor friendly? Especially your homepage. Let me reiterate, especially coming off COVID, not everyone in your community is going to feel comfortable walking into your church, but they will check you out on a Google search. This is your virtual front door and you own it. So take ownership of it. It matters. Yeah. Just because I'm not very savvy on, I use my phone for almost everything. Does the website from a PC translate the same on a phone? It should. Okay. If yours is not mobile friendly. Yeah. Okay. You, yes. Big thing. Literally this past week, I was talking with our school. Some setting was not toggled over. Yeah. Boom, mobile friendly. Yeah. After months of me going, I cannot see the full picture. The head is cut off. I don't know if that is a girl or a boy. What, are we, what words are we trying to say? Yep, a setting, not toggled. Okay. Check if your website is mobile friendly. And what I mean by that is, does it look good on your cell phone? Because guess what? Our cell phones are our computers nowadays. Yeah. I was just going to say, it really should be mobile first. Yeah. Ideally. Ideally. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, my phone is going off. So is your homepage visitor focused? If it does not highlight the impact you have on your world, if it doesn't build trust and guide first-time visitors to their first step, you're failing. That's from Louder Agency. Janelle Suzanne, highly recommend her stuff. I need to, somebody's getting robocalled here. Janelle Suzanne, Louder Agency. Oh, wonderful podcast. She, she literally, all of her work is dissecting people's websites. Great stuff. So this on the left with the purple is our homepage. It's stmarkministries.com if you want to check it out. ST Mark. And uh, the youth is our actual kids doing our actual kids camp on our youth page. I cannot reiterate enough 
how important it is to have real images of your real people. Yeah, in the back. I just wanted to observe that I would say the vast majority of the websites for churches that I've visited on the home page, on the home page has a picture of the building. Right. We love our buildings, even if they're right. Amen. Yes. We have people that are fearful of our children being put out there. Yep, I've got a free resource for you. We make all of our we call our Sunday school children's church. We have all the parents sign a release and they let us know if they have any foster children. So we are aware of that. We also have our school sign that as well. So that's a good way. But if there are people that say, no, we do not our child up there, then how do you gatekeep that? How is that managed? Right. So our children's church teachers need to be aware because they need to keep the children out of those shots. I've grayed out, you know, faces before for foster kids because it is, a, I have three children of my own. It's not like I don't care about this stuff, right? And a good friend of mine has foster children and I want them to be able to be adopted. <laughs> so it is, yes. So photo releases are the biggest thing. Uh, and just make sure they're opt-out because you won't have, if you have to opt-out opt out rather than opt-in. Exactly. You only have three opt-out. Exactly, right? do yourself a favor, yes. Don't have tons of opt-out options. You know, don't have, they can have their name, their face on, but not their name. Or they can have their face on, but they're not, not their last name. I mean, just make it easy on yourself. Opt in, opt out. And if you have any further questions, contact the office, and we'll navigate where you're comfortable. And then, if you just never use last names, that can be for sure. Overall safeguard. Yes, general practice for a school Facebook page. We don't even use first names, except if, if it were a spelling bee winner. We try to just say the middle schoolers. We try to be as general as possible, not even fifth graders. Mm -hmm. It's yes, yes, yes. Got to protect those kids. Okay, Janelle Suzanne, my louder agency gal who I love. Interesting fact, you have 0.5 seconds or less to make a strong first impression, 0.5 seconds. Do you have good visuals? Do you have a live stream button? If you live stream, do you have a live stream button on your homepage? Positive messaging? Our pastors every Sunday say you matter and you are loved. Why not have it on your website? That's what you stand for. Positive messaging. Help people navigate easily. New here? Have a new here button. Our buttons are online worship, join a group, I'm new, and service times. Okay? If I'm already a member at your church, I've probably already been in the church office, I know what's, what time services are, you need to reach the general public with a public domain, like a website. Have you answered these questions? Who you are? What you do? Why should I care? It sounds selfish, but people generally are going to have that reaction to any type of communication you send out. Does this matter to me? Do I care about this? 
We lead busy lives. We gotta pick and choose. What should I do next? These are the types of questions you need to answer on your homepage. It should tell a story about who you are and what they'll experience. It needs to engage your audience. Interesting video tidbits. Viewers spend 100% more time on pages with videos on them. I understand we all cannot have videographers. You have a phone with video capabilities. I've done many of videos just for my phone. Okay? It doesn't always have to be super professional. Think of Facebook Lives. The more candid and not professional, sometimes the more engagement you get because it's authentic. It's in the moment. You're viewed as a real human, not just the person in the pulpit, not just the person behind the front desk. Anybody use text messaging yet at your church? Awesome. So we use Clearstream. We incorporated this into our communications plan about two years ago, two, two, two and a half. I'm sorry, what do you use? We use Clearstream. Clearstream, Clearstream one word. Mm -hmm. Stream, S-T-R-E-A-M for mom. So there is a lot of capabilities that I'm still learning with this. There's workflows, there's automated text responses. Don't even delve into that. Just get some text messages out. So the one on the left is, these are calls to action. That's nearly all, you know, we don't want to spam anyone. And again, I have specific lists so that I'm targeting my audience. Yes? Yeah, just connecting because I think you mentioned that vendor before, and it was with uh, list management. Uh, that was Planning Center. Planning Center is our church management system. Okay. So that's where we ins insert all of our partners' phone numbers, addresses. So, um, so keeping your data clean, can a, a member update their own info through a form, or is that something you do manually? Yes. Nope. Through it's it's all a digital thing. Yep, a digital form that they fill out. We have everybody renew their partnership every year, so that we have an updated database. Yep. And then what we chose Clearstream because it syncs well with Planning Center. So yeah, we try we try to make it as easy on ourselves as possible. So the first text is an example of a congregational survey. I'll just read it to you. So it says, "You matter." So do your insights on how we do future ministries. Please take our brief congregational survey. And then there's a link to the Google Docs survey. Nothing fancy, simple. But what did I have to do before I could send this text? Well, I had to get the list imported. So this is a congregational survey. So this is going to go out to my entire congregation. And I also had to make sure that the link was on our website. Text number two in the middle of Faith and Family Night. Yikes, today is your last chance to register for Faith and Family Night tomorrow. Looking forward to seeing you there. A link to our online registration through Planning Center. So backstory with this, we had had a really successful Faith and Family Night. We had like 150 families. It was great, really well received because it was something new. And then the second one, it's literally the day before. We have 15 families signed up. We're like, what is going on? So. We don't know why. You know, sometimes it's just, you gotta look, for us in Green Bay, 
were the Packers playing? <laughs> like you, you really have to pay attention to these types of events. So anyway, so last ditch effort, because I only have 24 hours before registration closes, what can I do quickly? A text message. Kid you not, real life story. We went from 15 registrants to 45, and that's 45 families within seven minutes. Tell me text messaging doesn't work. And we ended up with 90 families. That was just within the first seven minutes. Let's work smarter, not harder. But working smarter was not blasting my entire congregation because if I'm not in the sector with young kids that was going to be interested in attending Faith and Family Night, I probably just unsubscribed from your text messages because I'm annoyed. Don't waste my time. Don't divert my attention. So get your lists in order. Okay, the last one was about job openings a new online giving platform, and a Christmas video message. So these are just some of them. Two job opportunities at St. Mark's School, admin assistant, 28 to 30 hours, and after school care workers, pay starts at 17 an hour. I cannot possibly give all the details, and you wouldn't want me to because then your phone would blow up and you'd have five text messages from me. But again, what did I do? I got the job description, and not just me. I have another part-time communications guy that is amazing, and he, makes me look good <laughs> so he you know we worked together to get the job description up on the website and the job application up on the website before i could be ready to send this text message okay think it through so that we're proactive not reactive so christmas day fell on a sunday one of our campuses did have a in-person service but one of them did not so we produced a christmas devotional we had the YouTube link, you know, it was pre-produced, had the YouTube link already. You can schedule your text messages just like you can schedule your Facebook posts. Do you think I was working on Christmas Day? I'm a mom of three young kids. No, I was not. I got the text message though, because I scheduled it like December 20th, okay? Because my team and my pastors were on board with getting that, the, and they just based it off of what the other pastor was preaching on for Christmas Day. So he just used his sermon and pared it down to a younger, a shorter video. So again, work smarter, not harder. Okay, how are we doing on time here? Question? Yes. Um, are some of your members on two different lists? Um, oh yeah, we have a bunch of different lists. Two lists, they could get the same text message twice. They, so Clearstream, on their end, I, that's so funny because I did just ask them that because I'm still learning. They look for duplicates and you only get one. Like they eliminate the duplicates. Yeah. I wouldn't say it is foolproof because it was either myself or my husband. One of us got it twice and one of us didn't. And then I asked everybody else on staff and they'd only gotten it once. So. It is something on their end that I'm sure there's, you know, quirks, but for the most part, it is supposed to be that you would only, even if I was texting two lists that you were on both lists, you would only get the text once. But I don't work for Clearstream, so. <laughs> so here are some tips, tricks, resources. That thing in the, the black thing is called the Gorilla Pod. You attach your cell phone to it. You can plunk it in there horizontally. 
It can stand like a tripod. You can hold it if you're doing a Facebook Live. You could attach it to this microphone if you need it to be sitting up higher. It steadies your shot. So you can still have a candid Facebook Live, but at least it's not, right? Because that would make me dizzy. Halo lights, I'm not being this vain news anchor. Our pastors use these. I don't even, I don't even have one. But they use them if they're doing an online Bible class. It really does help with lighting and shadows. It's a really inexpensive way to just up your game. They're like 25 bucks on Amazon. Gorilla Pods are 15, I think. So any of this stuff is not gonna break the bank. I understand we all have budgets and I understand that communications thus far in church world has not been prioritized very high. I would love to see that change. I will call any people for you. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and pay attention to your background. I get asked to uh, give constructive feedback, which is so kind that they are willing to hear constructive oh. feedback. Um, you know, on different churches' live streams, or if they're doing online Bible classes and they want me to check out their YouTube page, and I'm more than happy to do that. One constructive feedback I did give was a pastor was trying to grow his online audience for his Bible class, and he was literally, his background was literally just a flat white wall. And it was a 38 minute video. And I said, I gotta be honest, I don't even know what topic you talked on because I tuned out after two and a half minutes. I, it just was so boring. And you were not boring. Your content wasn't, but I visually, when you're competing with Snapchat and TikTok and all of this, cra I'm, all of this craziness, all the colorful ads you see on the Super Bowl commercial, we gotta think about our backgrounds a little bit. It doesn't take a lot to throw, to move your camera in front of your nice bookcase, get some depth, get some dimension. Don't give me a flat white wall, okay? Go find some good lighting. You can see it. You can see the difference. So take the extra five minutes and prep your background a little bit because you will keep your audience longer. And I want them to hear what you have to say because it's good stuff. It's eternal address changing stuff, okay? Canva Pro, who uses it? Yes. So I do not have a graphic design degree, but some people might think I do thanks to Canva Pro. It's free for nonprofits. And if you can't get the free account, you, you know, because it takes a little extra work to ask for that, I think it's $10 a month. So this is graphic design for dummies. They have all of these pre-built things for, and they have it in all different sizes. So 1920 by 1080, I'm learning this graphic design stuff, is good for your websites, like different sizes of graphics. But then there's something called a Facebook square. I think that's like 920 by 920, I can't remember. I can't remember because I just click on the Facebook square and then, it and then it sizes it for you, okay? Your stuff can look a lot more professional. You can import your logos, you can import your brand colors right into your account, yes? Do you have any suggestions for um, 
Instagram or wherever that have great tips on Canva? You know, there's all these little... Yes. Oh, I would... Hmm. You know, I do not right now, and that I should... Thank you for that, because I'm presenting again the end of April with my social media manager, and I feel like she would have some really, come grab my contact info, and I'm gonna get you some, because she would know that world more than me. I also, like you, am just trying to get off the hamster wheel, right? It's, it's a lot to keep up with. Horizontal pics, this is kind of changing, because now I'm sure you heard of stories and reels and all that stuff, that's all, that's all upright. But for the most part, up to this point, horizontal pictures work better so that you're not cutting off people's heads and things like that. But I'll come talk to you next year and be like, vertical or horizontal works, because Facebook changed again. All right, so we're done at two, correct? Five things to do today, and then we'll, we'll chat some more. These are my suggestions, take them or leave them. Look into an e-newsletter system or text messaging. Even if you have an older audience that is not, you know, if, you, if your congregation is older generation, they probably still have a cell phone. They might not be up on Instagram and TikTok and Snapchat and Facebook, but I would suggest you look into one of those to reach them that way. Take more horizontal pictures and get your staff to help you. I literally texted our staff, there's nine of us here, <laughs> literally texted them from my hotel room this morning reminding them I'm gonna need your pictures so make sure you're taking pictures with you in them showing our congregation what you're up to this week at this conference because you know what people are curious and they want to know what you're up to other than sermon prep and answering the phones because honestly sometimes I think that that's all our congregations think we do so show them. And you know what? Once they find out that, oh, I can maybe help with that. Soul Cafe needs some help this weekend. Take a picture in your coffee shop. In front, you know, get creative, grab their visual attention, grow your volunteerism. Work on your website to be visitor friendly. I'm not saying that it shouldn't be resourceful for your members. Absolutely. That can be a tab. But your homepage needs to be visitor friendly. I'm going to be speaking end of April up in Green Bay. I don't know if any of you were able to come to Dare to Lead. It's a best practices conference that we um, held last year. But I'm going to be joining, joined by my social media manager. She is brilliant. So we're gonna be talking about what's working in communications in 2023. It's gonna be more, more high level, so if this was too bare bones basic for you, um, gonna have new materials for that. And uh, you can check that out at stmarkministries.com slash D2L. We are gonna have registration open next Monday. So, but all the breakouts are there, all the keynotes are there, all the info. So I hope to see you guys all there. And check out my free resources, the event publicity checklist that you see here. I grabbed from Kurt Nitz with Everyone Outreach, right? He, he kindly gave me an editable version, which I made my own. And you can make your own as well. It's in the free resources. But come find me afterward. I'll be here the whole, the whole time tomorrow as well. We've got sample church content calendar. 
In the free resources, 100 calls to action for social media posts, a press release template that was written from my newsroom experience. I'm, I don't have a degree in public relations. I created my own template based on what I saw people in the newsroom really wanting. And less is more with your communication if you're reaching out to the, to the mass media. What can I answer for all of you? Am I overwhelming you? You don't know where to start? Just throw it at me and we'll, we'll try to troubleshoot. If I'm looking to bring someone on as a partner as a communications coordinator mm -hmm. in my church or yeah. do social media, just have someone to own social media. Yes. That's not my gift and I don't have the time to do that as the pastor. Mm -hmm. How, if, if I was approaching you, what should I do? How should I ask you? What are some things that you'd like to know before taking on that responsibility? Right. Well, I think I would need to know what your goals are. Are you asking me to volunteer or to work part time? You know, so you got to make it clear whether you're asking them to volunteer. I would suggest you ask them to give you at least five hours a week. Start there. So getting back to that in one second, but just to give you an idea, we do three Facebook posts a day during the week and two on the weekends. I don't expect you to walk out of here and have that. Start with two or three Facebook posts a week, but do them consistently. Schedule them. Okay? So back to that. And I would challenge you, I would challenge you to give communications for your church or your school at least five hours of dedicated work a week. And that's not you as the pastor. Find a couple people that can divide and conquer that. Have one person find someone who creates websites and have them help work on yours. You know, they're not translating Greek and Latin here. I wouldn't pass that off to anyone. <laughs> you couldn't. But they could help you build your website better. Find somebody who's a gifted writer to help rewrite some of your copy. So I would be asking how many hours you're expecting, and I would start with five. And then hope that they could maybe give you five to ten. Does that help at all? Yeah. Uh, would you divide, like, because you're in charge mm -hmm. of communication. Right. You're not in charge of social media posts, or you are? Like, do you divide social media and Yes. So our social media manager actually does the posting, I give her all the content. I email her weekly after our morning staff meeting on Mondays, and I say, here's what we got in the docket, here's what we need to promote. We've got you know, these events coming up, and she and I work together. Some of them, some of the posts I will write the content for, but sometimes it's just bullet points saying, here's the, and I give her the links, here's the direct link, here's what we need to promote. So that's what you could do. You could get, I mean, if, if they are gifted enough in the social media realm, they probably can write up a few sentences for you and do a, a post. Yeah. Yeah. There are also people that you could pay to set up the infrastructure. Yeah. Usually like some templates made and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then it's easier for a volunteer to come in and use that mm -hmm. material that came from a professional. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's worth, I hope you all leave this seeing the importance of really reaching your audience because I feel like we're not. We're oftentimes not. Yes. What do you consider for mission church? 
are, mm -hmm. you know, very, what is, to keep it simple, mm -hmm. what is the most, uh, probably the website would be the most important thing from a higher level, what are the most important things to start Because that's a lot of shoulder tapping with a mission church, right? Yeah, yeah website for sure, because it's going to pop up in the Google search. Uh, I know, I mean, if you're dealing with an international, WhatsApp is huge. Yep, start with website, and if you can, uh, Facebook ads maybe. Yep, in the back, yes. Yep, you. Um, I've heard different things about how, how many texts is too many. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of not going overboard and not, what Absolutely. Would you suggest, you know, like yes. I don't even do one a week. So as much as I am a proponent of scheduling your Facebook posts, texting is its own beast. It is more personal and I, as the consumer, choose when I'm gonna click on that Facebook app. I do not choose when you come into my texting inbox. You need to be wise. We, we use it for big campaigns. I would say maybe once every few weeks we text. If even that, yes. So would you do in the text, would you put like a reply stop if you don't want to continue? Yes, so when through our subscription service, they are always on every single text allowed to unsubscribe. We luckily, we have had unsubscribes. I'm not gonna stand up here and act like I'm perfect. But we have had very few, which tells me that segmented lists are important. Do you allow your members to give you the parameters that they want to be texted? I'm just thinking from like mm -hmm. the dental office, we mm -hmm. let the patients choose if it's a, an appointment in that day, sure. yes, I want to text. Thus far, we have not okay. because we give them the, the stop option, the unsubscribe option. Okay. And that's just been pretty common practice. Right? Right. They would, yeah. So I believe just from that list, okay. they, are, they are unsubscribing. Okay. Yeah, so we, we would maybe still be able to catch them with other ones. Okay. Mm -hmm. But again, that's why, like I said, everybody chooses their favorite form of communication. Some of you in this room prefer Instagram to Facebook. Some of you prefer not texting. You prefer email. Some of you prefer a paper bulletin to an e-bulletin. That's why it's so crucial to use a variety of communication forms because that person might unsubscribe to every text blast they get from a from a business. Okay. Yes. Another question about texting. Um, what happens if someone replies to a text? Does it somewhere or does it Yep, it comes in I get an email. So because I'm the person on the account, but nobody else sees the reply, just our church sees the inbox reply. I only ask because a lot of I know a lot of church they do. A lot of times you, there's no responding. Yes. We looked in, Planning Center does offer texting. It ended up being more expensive than Clearstream just because of how many texts we would need to send out to our congregation. That was just for us. It might work better if you are a smaller congregation. And again, if you don't want to have as many platforms, yeah, there are definitely, I know Planning Center does have a texting option. I don't know its capabilities. I know that Clearstream has more capabilities that we wanted. Yeah. Anything else popping out? Yes. Do you have a job description and would you be willing to share it? Or is that in the yes and yes. 
Come see me after. I should have dropped that in there. Absolutely. And I love that you're thinking about, you know, bringing someone on. And the only reason I propose, I love our volunteers dearly. I volunteer myself. When you're dealing with brand and your image, it's a big deal. So if you're going to start Facebook groups, if you're going to take on volunteers to be administrators of those Facebook groups, you know, you do need to make sure that they have your same belief system, you know, that they're really grounded in their ownership and, and know the importance of what's at hand. We have volunteers helping me out, so it, does, it can be done. But with that said, consistency, I think you're gonna get a lot more consistency if you do have someone that's able to be paid part-time, even if it's five to 10 hours a week. It's really worth looking into. I saw some other questions, and now their hands are down. Anybody else? Okay. Yes. How do you prioritize what you communicate? Because at a church, you could communicate mm -hmm. culture, events, mm -hmm. sign-ups. And then I don't sleep, right? Yeah. So funny you asked that because I just was talking about this in the hallway. So I was at a creatives conference in Nashville in November called SALT, and highly recommend. Uh, we are currently in process of creating a tier one, tier two, and tier three. So I hope they ask me back because I hope to have this all compiled for you because I'm really excited about it. So tier one would be, they, the way they broke it down for us was if it affects 85%, I think it was 85% of your congregation, it's a tier one like promo package. So it takes the emotion out so that when Sally on Loving Stitches Committee thinks that you know her one quilting event is like, because it's top priority in her heart and mind, you can blame the document. And you take the emotion out to say, okay, that affects this percent of our audience, which is like 5%. So that is a tier three, and this is the promo package that, that you will get. You know, you're, you're not gonna get a front of church announcement, but you're gonna get put in the e-newsletter once, and you're gonna get an event on the website. If you're tier two, you're gonna get an event on the website, you're gonna get a Facebook post, you know, and it builds. If you're tier one, and this is our all-in campaign, where we're asking every single partner to, to re-up your information, your contact info, and this literally affects my entire congregation, we are gonna go, all out we're going to have the front of church announcement we're going to have a text message go out we're going to have an email go out we're you know you, you know what i'm saying so tier one tier two tier three is a really good way and if you if anybody wants my contact info i, I am literally working on this right now so i can send you some info on how that looks percentage wise because then just like a job description you have an actual document that your board approved that you're had leadership approved, and then it takes the emotion out. Make sense? Because yes, otherwise everybody's priorities are different, and everybody thinks that their event deserves, you know, the Cadillac, and that's how we burn ourselves out. I'm over time. Thank you for your grace. Thank you.